0: my message this morning. I'd like to ask for the assistance of uh, 10 volunteers. And it can be of any age, and it can be male or female. But I need 10 people to come up here and join me on the platform. And uh, so do we have 10 brave people in our audience willing to come on up? Yep, come on up. Uh, First 10 up here. Sure, come on up. Anybody else? I've got two. Just come on up and join me here. Thank you. Got two. And I see number three coming. Uh, any more volunteers here? Okay. Uh, I see four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, nine. I've got ten. Good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I have my ten brave volunteers here. Thank you very much for helping me introduce the message this morning. And what I'd like to do is give each of you a gift. And so here I have a uh, Sacagawea $1 coin for you. And uh, let's see, who is that? I have a James Monroe $1 coin for you. And uh, this is a Susan B. Anthony silver dollar. Be careful with this one because it's got ridges on the edge and looks like a quarter. Make sure they give you a dollar for it and not 25 cents. So, Yeah, so let's see here. And uh, I've got a George Washington $1 coin for you. you. You're welcome. Let's see here. Here's another Susan B. Anthony. You're welcome. And here's another Susan B. Anthony. And uh, another Sacagawea. And uh, this one, I think, is a John Adams. And uh, a James Monroe. And a George Washington. So thank you, volunteers, for your help. You can go sit down. (laughs) Now, our volunteers this morning we not miked, so you could not hear what they said. But uh, most of our volunteers said thank you as I handed them a small gift. And the lesson or the passage of Scripture we're looking at this morning concerns 10 people who received a gift. And uh, just one of those people said thank you. And so I'd like you to open up in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. And in Luke, chapter 17, I would like to read verses 11 to 19. So Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19 and let's stand as I read Scripture. It says, Now it happened as he, meaning Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through... It's 10 o'clock. Now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee... Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give glory except this foreigner? And he said to them, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, I pray you would grant us understanding of what you have here written for us so that we might receive spiritual benefit from it. That we might be equipped to do the things that you want us to do. That we might bring the good news about you to others. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there were ten men. And they had a serious problem. Verse 12 tells us that these ten men were lepers. It says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Now, when I was a child, the first time I heard this passage of Scripture, I thought that the pastor said that these ten men were lepers. And so I had this picture in my mind of these ten, 10 men that looked kind of like cats with spots all over them. And uh, I thought that sounded really exciting and kind of scary at the same time. Uh, Just for the record, these guys were not leopards. They were lepers. They were men who had a skin disease called leprosy. And um, leprosy can be a terrible disease if it's left untreated then the skin can begin to rot away and eventually result in the death of the person who has leprosy. Um, As an example of what leprosy could be like in the ancient Near East, we can think about um, the way Aaron described it when his sister Miriam was afflicted with leprosy And he was begging Moses to heal her. I'm going to turn to Numbers chapter 12 and read verse 12. And so it says Aaron says, Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. And so it's not a very pretty picture. Because leprosy was not a very pretty disease. Um, And since the disease was so horrible, lepers were not allowed to be around other people. Leviticus chapter 13 uh, devotes a whole chapter of God's word to how to properly diagnose leprosy. It was that important. And so that's why here in Luke 17, 12, these 10 men are standing far off because they have this terrible disease that does not allow them to come near to other people. This disease rendered them unfit to come into the presence of Jesus. And so they could only stand afar off. And cry to him. Now, once there was a time when every single one of us had something in common with these ten men. Because there was a time when every single one of us was a spiritual leper, we had sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as a result, we were unfit to come into his presence. We were separated from him. We could not be near God. He was holy. He is holy and righteous and good. And we were unholy and unrighteous and wicked. And we were unqualified to be anywhere near him. And so verse 13 tells us, that in their time of need, these ten men cried out to Jesus. It said, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There's nothing quite like desperation to motivate us to cry out to God. There is a story about three men who were talking about the best posture for praying. And the first man said, I find that I can pray most effectively when I'm standing out of respect for God. And the second man said, I find that I can pray most effectively when I'm kneeling humbly in his presence. And the third man said, There was a day when I went out to the well to get a bucket of water. And as I was leaning over the well, I tripped and I fell in head first. And the rope with the bucket caught around my ankle. And as I was hanging upside down in the well by my ankle, I found I could pray especially fervently. (laughs) And uh, when we are in a desperate situation, then there is an additional measure of fervency to our prayer. And like that third man, these lepers were in a desperate situation. If they were not healed, that meant that for the rest of their lives, they were totally cut off from society and that they were then going to die a horrible death. It meant for the rest of their life, they couldn't hug their kids and their grandkids. They couldn't be in the same room with their kids and grandkids. All they could do is shout to them from far away, and uh, they would look hideous, uh, nose rotting off their face, losing their ears, fingers, toes, their appendages rotting away, and then eventually the infection would be bad enough that it would kill them. And so in their desperation... They cry out fervently to Jesus for help. And Jesus helped them. In verse 14, it says, So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I mentioned there was a chapter to diagnose leprosy because it was that important. That was Leviticus 13. There is also an entire chapter dedicated to how to ritually cleanse someone who had been healed from leprosy, and that's Leviticus 14. And the first step in the ritual of cleansing oneself after being healed from leprosy was to go and show yourself to the priest so that the priest, using the guidelines in Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14, could confirm that, yes, this person no longer has leprosy. They've been healed. And so Jesus, following Leviticus 14, sent these men to the priests, and as they went, they were healed And so all ten of these men responded to Jesus' command in faith because Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. And all ten men looked down, and they still had leprosy. But Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. And so they started to go in obedience and faith. And as they went, they looked down, And the leprosy was gone. They were healed. And so verses 15 and 16 then tell us how they responded to God's goodness. It says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So out of the 10 men, verse 15 tells us that one of the men turned around. He was so thankful that he was healed. And he went back to tell Jesus, thank you. And verse 16 tells us that he fell at his feet, giving him thanks. And verse 16 tells us also that this man Was a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews did not like each other. If you'd like to keep your finger in Luke chapter 17, let's turn back to Luke chapter 9, and I'd like to read verses 51 to 56. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 56. It says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him, Jesus, to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they, meaning the Samaritans, did not receive him because his face was set For the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. So this gives you just a little taste of how Samaritans and Jews felt about each other. If a Samaritan knew that you were on your way to Jerusalem, they might block the road to keep you from getting there. And so you'd have the road through a Samaritan village and all the Samaritans come out and stand there Or maybe have a club or maybe have a sword and say, sorry, you can't use our road. Because we hate Jews so much, we don't want anybody to go to Jerusalem. And then if you're a Jew, you reciprocate. You hate Samaritans so much that if they get in the way of you going to Jerusalem, you don't detour. You say, let's burn them all up. That's how Samaritans and Jews felt about each other. That if you really hate someone, they're a Samaritan. If you really hate someone, they're a Jew. To kind of get a feel for what that's like, with this man who's a Samaritan coming back to thank Jesus, Think of the people you really don't like. Now, be honest. I mean, you say, oh, I like everybody. But no, be honest, really. Look in your heart. Who do you really not like? You know, maybe I don't like jihadis that are planning terrorist attacks. I really, really don't like them. I really don't like politicians of a particular party. I really, really don't like them. I I really, really don't like politicians in general. I really don't like them. I, I really, really don't like people who use public restrooms and then don't flush the toilet. I really, really don't like them. It could be anybody. Just think about who you really don't like. And you say, those people, of all the people in the world, those are the people who least deserve God's favor. And as you think about those people, that's how Jesus' disciples felt about the Samaritan. These people are the scum of the earth. They are not worthy to breathe the same air that we are breathing. And as you think about these people, then this Samaritan is coming to Jesus to say thank you. And this person is scum. And yet, it's this person who comes back and says, thank you to Jesus. And all of these other people, these nine other good Jewish lepers, do not. They, the good Jewish lepers go off happy to be healed. And the bad Samaritan leper comes back to say thank you. And perhaps it was an entitlement mentality. You know, you have the nine Jewish lepers, and they can all say, we are sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are God's chosen people. Uh, We are people who have received God's law and know his will. And so, of course, if God is choosing to heal a leper, he would choose one of us. We deserve it. We're his people. And the bad Samaritan, he knew he didn't have anything to merit the favor of a good Jewish rabbi like Jesus. There was no reason that Jesus would choose to have mercy on a Samaritan with him being a Jew. And so appreciation, gratitude, love filled his heart. And he went back to say thank you. Entitlement is really dangerous. I'm going to read from the book of Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verses 18 to 21. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them, And their foolish hearts were darkened. And so we can see here that uh, as we do not have gratitude toward God, as we do not have thankfulness to Him for the good things that He does for us, then our thoughts can become futile and our foolish hearts can be darkened. And so, unthankfulness is like the first step in a stair that leads us down into all manner of sin and depravity. But this Samaritan, he was thankful for what God had done for him, for what Jesus had done for him. And with his thanksgiving, his relationship with Jesus Rose to a whole new level. And so in verse 19, it says that he, Jesus, said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And so Jesus tells the Samaritan that his faith has made him well. And that's kind of surprising because he was already well. That's why he came back to say thank you. I mean, all ten of them, they were already well. He was already well before he came back to say thank you to Jesus. All ten of the lepers were healed physically, but one of the lepers was also healed spiritually. Ten were healed of leprosy. The Samaritan was also healed of sin, that he had a new faith relationship with Jesus Christ that changed his life forever. And so in conclusion, I'd like to emphasize three major ideas. And the first idea is that Jesus can make us well. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have turned to our own way. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And so if we will call out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. If we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and will believe in our heart, that God has raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. We're not worthy to come into his presence, and yet he's willing to restore us so that we can. Second major thing I'd like to share from this passage is that God loves people that we hate. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so God may God fill our hearts with love for people who are far from him, people that we would naturally be disposed not to like people that we would naturally be disposed to hate. And as we love them, may God use us as faithful witnesses to people who are far from him and need to know him. And the third thing I would like to share or emphasize is that it is good to be thankful We already heard Psalm 100 this morning as we prepared in worship. Verses 3 and 4 know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. And then the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and verse 15. And let the peace of God be. Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. We have much to thank the Lord for. As Pastor Jeremy observed, every good and perfect gift comes from him. As Brian observed, as we think about the good gifts that have come from him, there is no greater gift than the gift of redemption the gift of eternal salvation that we who are far from him have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so may each person in the sound of my voice find forgiveness in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ Find new life in him. May we all share his love with those who are far from him. And may we respond with thankful hearts for his goodness to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you Every breath we take. Every pulse of our heart. Every good meal we have ever enjoyed. Every time we've been in a warm house when it's been cold outside. Every friend we've ever enjoyed being with. Every family member who has loved us. every good thing we have ever received has come from you. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you most of all for redemption, restoring us to be your friends, to be your children. through the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that we may go out from here and be witnesses of your goodness with hearts filled with gratitude. I pray in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen thanks for listening we hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith if you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org or call us at 616-772-4377